Okay, first off, before we get into anything, let's discuss the fictional character named Richie James. <laughs> yes, Blanche. Uh, Richie James is, uh, is a mythological creature, very popular with uh, 49er fans. And uh, oh, yeah. for some reason, they fall in love. We, and we know why they're falling in love with him is because what he does in the preseason. He's fantastic in the preseason. Grand. Oh yeah, but uh, get this guy on the field, and he he does do a few things. But why doesn't he play more? The reason why he doesn't play more is because Shanahan, much like Belichick, does not forgive dropsies and mistakes. Obviously, yeah. this guy is not looking good in practice, or uh, you know, there could be a lot of different reasons. But uh, yeah, they, what's your take? They keep pulling up this. This one route that he ran in preseason where he runs this this, uh, this comeback route. And it was a nasty route. I'm not going to lie. It was good. But it was against a, it was against a guy who doesn't even, he's not even in the league anymore. I was like, okay, now show me this same route against a guy like Richard Sherman. Show me this same route against uh, a color Weatherspoon. Show me this same route against Mosley. And show me, show me how he burned those guys on a regular basis. Here's the thing. Richie James, the two straight off seasons, has done nothing but blow up in the pre- in the uh, preseason, and then he almost pulled a Kyle Williams in the Super Bowl. He fumbled the first punt in the Super Bowl, and I almost kicked my TV in. I was like, "Oh my God, this yeah. guy has no business on the field on offense, none." And like we were talking because, about, like we were talking about earlier. Uh... You know, Dante Pattis has this world-class speed, and and, and we I'm wondering why he's not returning these these kicks. Maybe because he's not looking good in practice, fielding uh, kicks and punts. Yeah, I don't know, man. He was a he was a all timer in college. He's got that goofy stride, that weird uh, you know in and out of his breaks. That's very unorthodox, you know, and. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, uh, you know, Kyle doesn't play that uh, inconsistent shit. You know, you got guys like Bourne. He doesn't care if you're drafted in the second round. We got guys who are playing. Mostert was undrafted. He's a surfer for crying out loud. This guy is like a, a, a world beater. Kyle doesn't give a shit where you were drafted or how much money you make. I mean, just look at Goodwin. Goodwin's the fastest guy pound for pound probably in the entire league. And we just stopped even letting him play because he kept dropping balls. Wow, good this one is the NFL, that, man. Good one is that fast? Good one is the fastest guy in the league, man. Um, him and Tyreek Hill are one too. Um, remember? Uh, don't you remember that uh, that that ESPN special where they did fastest man in the league and he torched that one kid? I can't remember who it was. Uh, but yeah. Oh yeah, and, where they're showing you how many miles per hour they they uh, run. Yeah, exactly. It was on TV. Uh, Tyreek Hill wasn't a part of that, but uh, Tyreek Hill claims he's faster, but I don't believe him. Uh, Goodwin's, uh, Goodwin's an Olympian, man. Those guys know exactly how to uh, get out of their blocks and, uh, you know, Well, you know what? Technicians. This is the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Jalen Hurd. Ooh, when we drafted yes. him, I was like, oh, yes. This is the guy. And I feel like, you know, after reading his scouting report, um, 
uh, during the draft, I felt like that guy, because he has a background as a running back, I felt like he would be a receiver H-back type. The type of guy that you could pretty much line up anywhere, even in the backfield. Um, he, Because of the running back background, he has to have some at least decent blocking skills. Um, I haven't really oh, yeah. had, a, had a chance to... Um, see him on the field obviously because the guy's been injured but um that's a guy that i'm really looking forward to seeing um have some uh some really good numbers i not just that but you said it his blocking skills imagine look at all those uh debo samuels reverses we ran imagine Jalen hurt in the backfield and then running one of those little double reverses and then you got a guy like kittle and Jalen hurt big Big, huge guys uh, coming down uh, on safety and cornerbacks with a guy like Debo, who you can't tackle with one dude. Imagine, imagine seeing something like that every every Sunday. Teams don't want nothing to do with us. That guy has played running back. He he can play tight end. He can play wide receiver. And it's not even a gimmick. He knows how to run the ball as a running back. He can play these positions. People are going to have to to take him seriously, no matter where we line him up even if it's in the Wildcat, because he's got running back uh, skills. He's got tight end skills. He can block his ass off. And he's huge. He's a red zone threat. He's exactly the type of guy you pair with a guy like George Kittle, who's already a world beater, who's already uh, that is tight end on earth. You put a guy like him with a guy like Debo on any given Sunday, I mean, what are you going to do? Pick your point. Well, you just... You basically get to dictate who's going to score the touchdown on him now, at as, that point. As far as Jalen Hurd is concerned as well, um, because he does have that uh, running back background, I would like to see him in some uh, running the ball in some short yardage situations because of his size. You know, Jeff Wilson is uh, average as far as uh, picking up those tough yards. I would like to see uh, either us pick up somebody in the later rounds or undrafted uh, for that specific reason. But um, I don't think it's likely because of the way that the Niners draft and they're looking for uh, players that can do, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of different things. So that's why I'd like to see Jalen Hurd pick up those tough yards. He'll be a, uh, a very interesting guy. Now, Joe Staley, if I'm not mistaken, I looked up this a long time ago, so correct me if I'm wrong. Joe Staley in 2020, he is set to get uh, 13 million, make 13 million uh this year and i think as far as a guy that uh, has been playing above average but not consistently he hasn't been consistent this season i know he's been injured and everything but um he hasn't been consistent and his backup uh whose name i don't have in front of me his backup has been playing as well as he has it's time for because the niners are don't have a lot of cap space i think it's time for a hometown discount from joe staley um, yeah, um, the guy you're thinking of, his name is Justin Skull. We drafted him in the sixth round. He was playing his ass off. And then that other kid we picked up, Brunskill, uh, I think he should be a, uh, a start, the starting right guard next year. Um, when person went down, he played very well. Um, I really like those two, man. It just goes to show you <laughs> that, uh, we, uh, our coaching is so good. We literally plugged and played anybody. At, at all the positions that were injured, and we still went thirteen and three. But that takes away That's from the that takes away from the skill of the coaching 
to to pick up the right players too. It's not just the the uh, the coaching on the field, but it's also the fact that these guys are are picking up the right players. You know, my buddy, oh, yeah. uh, my buddy is a Rams fan. He was saying, uh, "Hey, you know, you guys are going to take a step back." And I I reminded him that there's 26 players, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on this team right now. Only after three years, 26 players that the Niners drafted. This regime that this regime drafted, and that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's you have a a, a coaching staff and a GM that can evaluate talent that good, you're going to be in the, you're going to be in the playoffs for many, many years to come. Yeah. We, uh, it's, it's not brain surgery. The problem is so many of these teams just take, as they say, best player available. And then they try to stick them in a square peg and uh, stick a square peg in a round hole and it just doesn't work. But, uh, we are so good at college and, John Lynch are so in lockstep together that uh, Kyle says, look, you know, these are the type of guys I like. And I'm not even convinced uh, that John Lynch makes those offensive picks. I'm convinced um, that it's uh, Kyle who makes those picks, and he just tells John who to take if he's going to take an offensive guy at a certain point. So uh, you're right, man. The uh, the coach, the GM, the players are coaching these, are coaching these guys that are coming off the bench up. Um, if you have 26 guys on the team, uh, that are drafted. That's amazing, man. That's just uh, you know, yeah, we've had some we've had some bad picks. You know, we had Ruben Foster and you know Joe Williams and a couple of these other guys that were just total flops. But look at the guys we're we're pulling off the undrafted free agency. It's almost like undrafted free agency has become better than actual draft picks. Now let's go because back because we're turning these. Yeah, let's, right. let's go back to Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis, oh, yeah. when he was first drafted, you and I had uh, a bunch of arguments about that. I wish we had those uh, recorded. <laughs> we had a lot of arguments oh, yeah. about him. And um, I was not high on Pettis, especially where we took him, where the Niners yeah. took him, I should say. Um, Trading up. Yeah. yeah. To get him. Um, he is not uh, – at first, when he first stepped on the field that first year, he proved me wrong. But then – yeah, he started to prove me right again, and he's, yeah. he's another one of those inconsistent guys, you know. And I'm kind of sad that he proved me. He's starting to prove me right again because that's that was a player that I started to really enjoy watching. Yeah, man. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like Pettis. Uh, you were exactly right. At first, you were you were wrong about him, and then you're right, and then now you're still right. Well, it, it, it's just one of those things where if we can get some good coaching on him or if he ever decides he wants to play, uh, you know, NFL football, uh, you might be wrong about him again. But at this point, unless he unless he decides right now and in this offseason that he's going to be a uh, NFL player, I don't think he's going to last much longer. Yeah, you know, another player that I was wrong about was uh, Nick Bosa. And uh, oh. that's another guy that we had a lot of uh, arguments about, and uh, I was totally wrong about him. He looks like a world beater. He's, oh, man. Uh, he's still – I didn't think he was going to be this strong at this level and this fast at this level, but he just is uh, is phenomenal. And uh, I'd like to talk about the wide nine and my displeasure with the wide nine. And, you know, yeah. I went into it before. Uh, but I, I want to talk about it again in a different light. 
Um, now you're gonna disagree with me because I keep saying this, and you know that I'm in love with the three four. I'm in love with the oh, three yeah. four. Um, yeah, me and, too. I like it. And I and I think you don't think that we have uh, the the Niners have the personnel personnel for that, but I think you're wrong. If you saw the Super Bowl, especially in the playoffs, you would see um, guys like Bosa and uh, other edge rushers sometimes drop back into coverage. You know? These guys, these guys are interchangeable. The way they play now, they're interchangeable with um, with outside linebackers in a three-four, and especially if you yeah. look at their size, is uh, there's no drop-off. But the beautiful thing about putting five guys on the line is that a lot of times, especially the um, the defensive tack, the um, the nose tackle, it, it gives them an opportunity to eat those blocks. You know, against Kansas City, there's no reason why Kansas City should have been able to run the ball that efficiently. And it's because those linemen, those offensive linemen, were able to get out to the second level. And that's impossible. That's, in, that's almost impossible to stop in a, in a wide nine. Oh, yeah, the, the wide nine is definitely a pass rushing formation. It's definitely not something that uh, is uh, good to try to stop the run. Like you said, that's why we have to have the linebackers we had. Um, if, now, let's say if we're trying to keep a guy like Buckner and Armstead and we already got a guy like uh, we already got a guy like Bosa, if you run a 3-4, you're either going to have to play all three of those guys on the line and put one or two of those guys out of position or you're going to have to convert one of those guys into a linebacker. And in my opinion, that would be, uh, that would be detrimental to the, uh, to the defense. Um, I do like the 3-4. The 3-4 uh, that we ran when we had Patrick Willis in them uh, was amazing. But I think, I think our best guys are the guys that have their hands down in the dirt. We do have incredible linebackers. Now, if you want to put guys like... Uh, Drake Greenlaw and Quan and Warner all on the field at the same time. You could do that. But then I think if you had that fourth linebacker, you're going to have to convert one of these guys to that spot. And I think that would be a, I think that would be a waste of their talent. But, uh, now, I, uh, I understand, I understand what you're, uh, I understand what you're talking about. Now to argue, now to argue against my point, um, <laughs> You, you're talking about uh, guys like Buckner and uh, your uh, Armstead. Armstead. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Bosa and um, the other guy we have on the edge there. Yeah, um, yeah. Ronald Blair. Okay. Then we got DJ no, no, Jones, who's no, a natural no, nose no, tackle. No, not, not Ronald Blair, the other edge rusher, the st- other starting. He just came back for the Super Bowl. Um, oh, D Ford. Yeah, D Ford, exactly. You got all four of those guys. And they're excellent pass rushers, all of them. You got Forrest and Armstead in the middle, and these guys are six seven plus. You know, some some say six eight, but these are six seven plus. And these are the type of guys I feel like um, should be able to eat these blocks. Now, in a four three, yes, it's possible to gain the same things that you're getting from a three four as far as occupying blocks. But you know, it's just a. I felt like it was just a question of if they, if the Kansas City saw the Niners in that wide nine, then all all the Mayhomes had to do was take a look at that and be like, okay, let's change the play. We're running right through this gap, right through that uh, B gap, and it's wide open. Yeah, B gap and C gap um. is wide open. And and on top of that, our interior defensive linemen were getting uh, 
um, double teamed in some of those runs. Too easy. <laughs> Buffalo was I mean? getting triple and quadruple team in some cases. Yeah. But that's on Soleil, I feel like. I feel like Soleil should have uh, uh, tightened up that wide because we've done that before. Uh, we've had teams that try to gash us uh, when we played Carolina, and Carolina tried to get off on us in the running game, and uh, we tightened down on that wide nine and didn't, uh, and didn't play so much to the edges, and we shut that down. So um, <clears throat> I don't think we're just – stubbornly beating our heads over the wall and running the wide nine regardless of what's going on. Um, but, see, it's predicated on us getting ahead. It's predicated on us, um, you know, forcing the other team not to run the ball anymore, which we didn't do against Kansas City. Kansas City was still, because they're such a high-powered offense, even though we were up 10, it didn't matter. They could still run the ball on us, and they did. So uh, uh, the wide nine is definitely something that uh, needs to be looked at, needs to be adjusted. I don't think it should be something we should run full time. I think we should run elements like how uh, Bill Belichick does in New England, where he has three, four personnel, but he runs a four-three uh, a lot of the times, and he plays one guy out of position, uh, for a lack of a better explanation. Um, <clears throat> but he still gets off, you know what I mean? And he can adjust. If they're running the ball, we can, uh, you know, I definitely think it needs to be looked at. I definitely think we need to tweak it. Because people are going to try to run the ball down our throat next year because they know that wide nine is susceptible. And you're going to see a lot of teams try to copycat us. Well, look, with Salah, um, I will give him a lot of credit because you're talking about the 2019 season. And if you look at the 2018 season, you can see the defensive adjustments that he made. He he almost... He he almost uh, you know what it was a I, I'm gonna say it it was a totally different defense. Yes, it was oh, the yeah. same. It was the same front, but it was a totally different, um, totally different ideologies. And I'm looking forward to him um, adjusting. I would love to see him mixing some three four there. You know, I would love to see him get creative and be able to uh, mix in. You know, do whatever, make give different looks. Because I felt like the uh, Kansas City Chiefs were just able to give them what the defense come out there and say, you know what, we're just going to take what the defense gives us. And the the Salah gave him a lot. Well, not until uh, to his credit, it didn't happen until the end of the fourth quarter. But that's the most crucial time. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Kansas City definitely exposed uh, Salah's uh, inability to adjust, uh, almost play to play. Um, we should have been adjusting almost immediately, and we weren't. Um, I, I do like uh, I like Soleil, but I'm not. I, I, I can't give Soleil too much of the credit. Um, I definitely think that new defensive line coach we got, uh, Chris Kucerich, uh, uh, I think that's how you say his name. Um, definitely had a lot to do with it. But I also said the last two years on Twitter and everybody else, you know, and to you, give Soleil a pass rush and see how see how good he is. Because everybody oh, yeah. wanted this guy fired the first two years. Yeah. You know? And I said, no, no. Give this guy a chance. His scheme is solid. We just don't have the players to execute it. And what do we do? We go got D Ford, we got Bosa, and boom. Now this guy's looking at head coaching jobs. Yeah. Now I this was... guy's a prize a prize possession to be had. Yeah, I was looking I was one of those people. I was like get rid of Salah, but uh, you know, he proved me wrong. That was that was uh, almost a historic defense right there. If you look at the whole thing, the only thing I'm, I was I could ever be critical of him, and now this is the only time I was critical of him every year was in the Super Bowl, those last what six minutes, 
where they where yeah. the Niners gave up twenty one points. Yeah. Which is fucking insane. Um, yeah. We uh we definitely I'm you know what? Here's the other thing. Uh the other assistant coach that we had, Joe Woods, the one that just became the the uh, uh Browns defensive coordinator, he definitely changed the mindset of that secondary. Our secondary was not nearly as good as it was the last two years. Everybody was like, Oh, our secondary sucks. So I was like, No, we need a pass rush and boom, we get this pass rush. But this guy set this this idea in these guys' head that they can be aggressive, that they can play these guys, that they can go basically against anybody and not be scared. Now here's the other thing. This new this new quarterback coach that we got that replaced Joe Woods, I'm actually even more excited about him because he took a Dolphins secondary, who the team as a whole is terrible, and he led the league in interceptions last year. That, to me, is if he can take that microcosm that he had with the Dolphins and convert it to a team like ours where we're actually taking the ball away, none of our safeties had an interception last year. Our starting safeties, Ward, and Tart, that's not good. They played very well, but we need to start taking the control of the uh, of games in ways like not just just not just getting sacks, not just getting three and outs. We need to demoralize. That's the next step in that, that the next evolution of this defense right here that's going to get us to a Super Bowl and actually win it is taking these passes off, taking taking these people's wheels in all phases, not just sacking them, but picking balls off, stripping. So if he can replicate that on this defense, man, look out. We're going to start blowing everybody out. Yeah, that, that'll uh, – I didn't even know that about um, his his um, his Dolphins team. Yeah, that that's very encouraging. That's one thing I felt like was missing from the defense was the interceptions. I felt like there should have been a hell of a lot more interceptions. And you're absolutely right. This guy comes in and does that. You know, this team will uh, – and I, f- I don't care what anybody says, you know, I agree with the minority of Niner fans that decided to call this defense the gauntlet. That's what it is, the gauntlet, because it was so funny when the media was talking about, oh, they got to go through this gauntlet, they got to go through this gauntlet. And the Niners proved, yeah, the Niners proved that uh, they were at the gauntlet, you know? Yeah. But, Those three games, which is supposed to be the hardest three games in the history of football, uh, we we went two and one, and we only lost that one game by a three by three points in Baltimore in the rain. So guess what? I said it, you said it, and we giggled uh, for a month after that. They weren't the gauntlet. The Niners are the gauntlet. And then when I started saying that shit to other people, would be like, "Look, you guys are watching football the wrong way. You keep listening to these media types." All season long, even from game one, yeah. the Niners were playing the best football in the league. And then Kyle finally said it in the Super Bowl after we lost. He's like, I thought we were the best team in the league. You and I said it in the very beginning, week two or week three. The whole league was playing flat. We were the only team playing aggressive. We were the only team playing physical. We were the only team projecting our will on people. Nobody else was doing that. <clears throat> so, um... We're talking about um, round one, pick 31. What position? Now, in that position, we're talking about pick 31. You pretty much are taking what, whatever is given to you, whatever falls to you. But what, yeah, pretty much. what position would you like to see addressed first? Um, uh, you and I are both on the same page. Uh, I'm not necessarily into the sexy picks. 
Um, if you don't have the big fat guys on uh, both sides of the ball, uh, those skinny dudes in the back uh, don't get to do their job. Um, I've seen a few mock drafts where it has us taking a safety or a corner, and that's good. I mean, if those players are there that they're having us take, uh, that would be great. And that's predicated on if we don't sign uh, Jimmy Ward or any of those other guys. But um, I'm going to go with uh, offensive lines. We need to protect our investment. And if he's the best player available at that spot, I keep seeing this guy's name. I think his name is Carlos Ruiz or Carl Ruiz from uh, Michigan. Um, we need to upgrade the right the right guard position. I think Person is good. He's serviceable, but he's not great. If we can get a dominant offensive line up there on all five positions uh, for, for next year with no holes and give Jimmy time to pick people off, or to give Jimmy G time to, uh, uh, you know, pick, pick things apart. I think uh, I think that's what we need. I think uh, all those other positions, people keep talking about all this good receiver and this and that. We have receivers. We have running backs. We don't need any of that. You, you know what, man? Depending on what we do in free agency, will dictate what happens in the draft. But if I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess offensive line is where we go with pick 31 or we trade out. You know what? I would not mind taking a safety or a corner there if it made sense. And uh, I'll tell you why. It's not because the starters that the Niners have right now are not good enough because they played out of their mind. They played really well. It's because of Sherman. This is Sherman's last year of his contract. Um, You got Jimmy Ward. Look at his contract. Um, are they going to resign him or not? You know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're, what you're doing is you're kind of picking a guy for the future, so a guy you might be able to stick in uh, on the slot or, you know, different packages for now. Or if he's a world beater, he might he might uh, put somebody out of their job. You know, but I think yeah. it's the, a team like this, this, this stacked at, um, at many levels, and even as far as backups are concerned, you're 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 drafting for depth, and that's a good position to be in. Now, round two, what are you looking for? Uh, we don't have a re- we don't have a pick in rounds two, three, or four. We have a we don't have another pick until the second day. We have a first round pick, and then we don't have a pick until the fifth round. Oh, I didn't even know that. You know what? Then I would uh, I would probably uh, how many picks do we have? Um, okay, so the second round pick uh, went to Kansas City for that D4 trade, and then the third and fourth round picks went to Denver because of that Emmanuel Sanders trade. Uh, we don't have that many picks, but uh, I, in my opinion, that's a good thing. Um, I think we're going to supplement in free agency. I think we're going to get guys that we're probably we wouldn't have never gotten last year uh, for discounts. Um, I think we should revisit this again, even though it's uh, all right to talk about now after free agency happens. Because then I think we can get a better idea of where we're going to go in the draft. But uh, I don't, I don't think we have more than five or six picks uh, because we uh, and we don't give any comp picks because we didn't lose anybody special last year. Um, so yeah, we don't, ha- we don't even have a second day pick. Now here's uh, the big question. Here's the big question. The big question is, what do the Niners do? How do they clear up some cap room to make some some moves? Because you got a team that's so deep right now, it makes sense to start picking up some free agents. Um, what do, what can the Niners do as far as cap uh, space is concerned? Well, they're already currently doing it. The players are actually coming to management saying, hey, you know, 
uh, restructure my contract, save you guys some money so we can resign these players. You got guys like Weston Richburg, our starting center. He's restructured. Quan, he's restructured. Um, you got other guys lining up to restructure. Uh, we currently have $19 million in cap space, and we still got to sign guys like uh, uh, we got to get Buckner done. We got to get Kittle done. Uh, Eric Armstead has already said he doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, he might take uh, lesser than uh, than some of these other teams might pay him. And John Lynch has already said he wants to lock him up. So I feel like this team as a whole wants to stay together, and it's not about money. So uh, and we already have one of the greatest uh, cap wizards of all time in Prague. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I'm not going to try. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I feel like the, the, the players and the coaches and the uh, GM is already doing what, what, what we need to do to free up some cap space, and, you know, the cap is going up about $10 million every year, so uh, I'm going to say by the time free agency starts on March 19th, the Niners should have somewhere between, on the low end, $20 million and on the high end, 30 maybe $32 million, yeah. uh, to play with yeah, in free agency. We, we both know that's not enough, because if you look at George Kittle, now George Kittle, it's time for him to get paid. So what are the Niners going to do? Are they going to front load or back load the contract and then give them a, a lot of uh, a lot of guaranteed money or a big signing bonus? That might work. Uh, it looks like I mean I can't I can't I don't have any evidence, but it looks like from what I'm hearing, uh, players are going to be willing to do whatever it takes, whatever that looks like, whether it's front load, back load, signing bonuses, uh, you know move money around, restructure after a year or two. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a homer here, but I think we're going to get all these guys signed, as, as silly as it sounds, and not end up like the Rams. Because the Rams just signed all these players, but if you look, none of those players are really, like, super excited to stay there. It doesn't really seem like that team has the culture we do. Our team is like, let's do it for the next guy up. Let's do it for the guy next to me. You know, George Kittle broke the receiving record the year before, and now he's like, run it again, run it again. Let's run the ball. Let's run the ball. What? Name another tight end that says that. I'll wait. There is a one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so uh, I don't know, man. I think I, I don't know how it's going to get done, but I have a feeling all of these guys are going to get done. Well, you know what the big one it's is? Crazy as it sounds. The big one is Jimmy G's contract. And I think that that's, it's time for it to restructure his. If you look at every quarterback that's gotten big money, no matter how well they played, and I mean no matter how well they played, they are always yeah. is uh, at two years after that signing that contract and about two or three years, they always uh, restructure. Yeah, because they have to, because they know. They, they know going in, that's why I don't get why people say, oh, we just paid Jimmy G $135 million. No, no, we didn't. That's not how that works. It's not a huge signing bonus and then nothing else happens later. Um, Jimmy's going to restructure, in my opinion, probably every year uh, he needs to, if not every single season, to uh, keep the team together because this whole team is about each other. You know what I mean? So uh, I do believe that Jimmy has been in talks to restructure. Um, I'm not even sure if he hasn't restructured once already. Uh, I'd have to look back into that. But, uh, um, yeah, man, players are walking into the office saying restructuring me, restructuring me so we can keep the team together, man. So I'm excited. Let's revisit this again. I don't feel like we have enough information to uh, uh, talk about this and uh, give an intelligent response. 
Let's wait for free agency hits and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty clear if you got a brain in your head, what we're talking about, we're, <laughs> we're speculating here. To yeah. any listeners, I assume that they're at least reasonably intelligent. I'm not going to sit here and explain every little fucking thing <laughs> that, I, that I say. and get Exactly. Back, you know? But um, you made me forget my point because we were talking about Jimmy G and we were talking about his contract. Now I forget yeah. now. Why don't you go ahead and rant about something for a while? while um, on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, what do you think? What do you think the running back situation is gonna look like? Uh, I'm curious. I know Moster is uh, the guy everybody likes and wants to keep. He's a free agent. Uh, I'm not sure what type of free agent he is, so don't uh, don't yell at your computer trying to say he's a restricted rights free agent and well, uh, think I'm an idiot. Well, listen to this, and, man. Uh, listen to this. McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon wants to stay. You you seen that? I saw you arguing yeah, with somebody it. on Twitter. You saw that, and I at first yeah. I was like, you know what, make this guy kick rocks, but this guy, he wants to stay. So Yeah, most players get frustrated. They, this guy's been out two seasons now. He's gotten paid stupid money. He's already restructured, or he's saying, I'll do whatever it takes to stay. You got guys like him. You put a guy like McKinnon. From what I understand, McKinnon probably is probably going to end up having the best hand, and this is probably why uh, we haven't looked like this yet. But he's, uh, Kyle's trying to turn this team into uh, the Patriots' West. Uh, Jared McKinnon is a great uh, catcher out of the backfield. And as we all know, uh, the Patriots love to to their running backs. If he could be healthy and you got a guy like Mostert, and then uh, maybe you uh, you keep Coleman back there just for that veteran presence, and uh, you start swinging the ball to those those guys in the flats, I mean, it's gonna be like it, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. We're gonna be even better next year. Well, if, we can get if what you say is true, then and and they start to uh, do some short yardage stuff with uh, with Hurd because Jeff Wilson. I felt like uh, as far as uh, being those uh, those third and one situations, you never you saw Jeff Wilson trot out onto the field in the beginning of the season for a few games, but you never saw it again. When is the last time you saw Jeff Wilson on the field? I just feel like um, that guy really can't. He, he he doesn't have the ability or the size to uh, – it's not the size, it's the mentality to get those tough yards. I think um, I think we, we might be looking at a short yardage back in the later rounds or uh, free agency. Or if Hurd – I think we're going to pick up one anyway, but I think also we're going to give Hurd some looks – at uh, that short yardage game, but uh, Jeff oh, Wilson, yeah. I, just, I don't. If they keep Jarek McKinnon, I don't think there's any way they keep Jeff Wilson. Uh, yeah, he might be a practice ball player, but you know what I think what happened was, if you noticed, um, as soon as we got to a certain point, it was around for me in my head. I'm not sure when it happened on the field or in Kyle's head, but as soon as we started winning and we started going five and zero, six and zero, seven and zero, something clicked. Kyle was like, "Yo, we can make us, we can make a serious run." And then what happened? He stopped playing any guy that was making mistakes. Anybody, Teddy, Goodwin, Wilson. He did not want to put any of these dudes in a situation where they could fuck up even one time. Jeff Wilson is actually the best pass catching running back on the team as of right now. Um, that's what he's good at. He's not the fullback, you know. We got juice for that. If we need two yards, we give the ball to Juice, and he could he could take care of that. You know what I mean? So uh, I think what happened was there was a certain point where Kyle was like, "Hey, I think we can make a serious run," and then he started evaluating the players and was like, "Yeah, no, not him, not him. If you're not serious 
and you're not the one. Because look, we played the same three receivers all season after week eight. Debo, uh, uh, what's his name? Bourne, and, uh, and, and Sanders. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like the mentality switched. It was less, let's uh, get these players some reps and, you know, you know, bring them along. And more like, yo, if you're the, you're the on the bus or you're not, because we're about to make the Super Bowl run. That's what I think happens. So uh, I'm glad we'll, you see. we'll see what happens next year. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kendrick Bourne because that actually goes against your point. Kendrick Bourne religiously got the dropsies, but then yeah, he did. But but there is no other option behind him. You know what I mean? He was right. more he was more consistent. He was the most consistent of the dropsy players because he was a, an automatic red zone uh, touchdown. Damn near, he was the man in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was the lesser of the three evils, but he he stepped up. I don't even remember seeing him. I'm not sure how many balls he dropped this year, but uh, unless it slipped in my mind, I don't remember seeing him dropping a ball the last half of the season. Mm, you know? So no, I'm saw, not sure. I saw a dropsy here and there. I saw Did you? Okay. Yeah, I saw a few drops. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I'd be forgetting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I think, I think that's all we got for now. I think so too, man. Let's revisit this uh, after free agency. So, uh, who's doing? All right.